Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone, to Poker Action Line. Big Dave Lemon tonight, flying solo. Joe, uh, not feeling too good today, a little under the weather. So uh, I've asked uh, Nick Sordle of the Miami Herald, uh, the gambling writer for the Herald, uh, who also has his own website uh, and blog uh, that you can check out at SouthFloridaGambling.com. He's going to join me uh, by telephone in a little bit uh, because he was at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock for about as many days as I was over there, about five or six during the ten days of the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, the regular WPT event. Also, uh, three other events, including the brand-new Tournament of Champions, which closed out things uh, over the weekend. Uh, Only the champions from the World Poker Tour who have won a main event uh, were invited including the people who won this week. Those who won uh, in Season 14, which is just concluding, uh, were given free entry into the event, and everyone else had to pay 15000 Pretty good turnout, I guess, for when you consider 14 years of champions. Not everybody is into the game as much as they were maybe a decade ago. Uh, 64 entries in that one. There was no uh, guarantee, but as far as the other guaranteed events, including a million dollars for the regular uh, WPT event, the showdown... Uh, that was uh, $3,500 buy-in, uh, had a million guarantee, and they had 1222 in that one. Uh, it was won by Justin Young, who we'll hear from in a little bit. Also, they had the uh, WPT finale, which was a $10,000 buy-in, 342 entrants in that one, won by Chino Reem, the former Miamian who now lives in Los Angeles. And then the uh, high roller event, which was a $25,000 buy-in, had 94 entries, which is really pretty incredible. Usually, I think last year in the high roller, they had about 20 maybe. And I've seen high rollers with as low as like uh, 10 or 12. But they had 94 entries that put up the 25500 for the high roller. And the winner was David Malka in that one, 658 grand he took home for that one. So uh, the big one was the Tournament of Champions, kind of overshadowed everything, really. It was the, the final of the three. Normally you would think the regular Seminole Hard Rock Showdown event would be the marquee event uh, because they've had it here for six years. But uh, the Hard Rock decided, since they could only have one of the tournaments televised, that they would have the Tournament of Champions televised. And that finished out the week. 64 entries, as I mentioned. Uh, and Farid Yashu was the champion. Uh, he uh, defeated uh, Vlad Darie for the title head-to-head. And Michael Mizrahi, the grinder, finished third, which was uh, pretty interesting because he was the chip leader for much of the final table. I think most of the reporters there were formulating their questions for uh, the grinder and uh, expecting him to win. Also, he had his friends and family there, very loud rail that uh, was absolutely crushed when he had a bad turn of events. We'll talk about that with Nick in a few minutes. Uh, he was there for that. I actually wanted to wait till the end of the tournament so I could interview the winner, which actually never happened. But uh, uh, I did not go until they were down to three players, and by the time I got there, the grinder had just been knocked out since there's a 30-minute delay on the uh, on the live stream, which we saw. It's not exactly live. It's 30 minutes delayed. So in the half hour that it took me to get there, 
grinder got knocked out, so I did not see that hand, so we'll talk with Nick about that. But lots of uh, interesting stuff to talk about. Big stars of the game were all there. Very interesting aspect of the Tournament of Champions was the first time used by the WPT of an action clock, or like a shot clock, a 30-second clock on every hand, and I thought, you know, had the uh, possibilities of being a disaster, but it really kind of was a non-factor, which we'll talk about also on the show tonight, and uh, of course it does have an effect on the play, uh, for some players more than others, obviously, but uh, it was quite successful, and I'm glad it was, Uh, something I think we need in this game. And uh, the unbelievable Hollywooding that's been uh, brought on by television and people seeing the stars do it, many times they have a reason. There's a tough decision. It takes a lot of time to reconstruct the hand as you're, you're planning to make a play after the river. And uh, certainly it's necessary sometimes, but it's gotten out of hand, and uh, this is a way to tr- kind of get the game back under control, and I think it uh, worked very well. Uh, There were a couple of minor incidents, and uh, we'll talk about a couple of those, but uh, for the most part, it went very smoothly, and uh, as I say, some players are affected more than others, and the ones that did uh, or do play slow and are affected more, uh, they adapted quite well. So uh, when you know you have to make a decision uh, pretty quickly, I think uh, it's certainly... uh, it's certainly something that you, you do when you have to do it. Uh, let's put it that way. Anyway, we'll talk about all the events over there at the Hard Rock last week. That'll be most of the show tonight. I did get a chance to talk with uh, Kate Hall, who is a female player who's having a huge year in 2016. And uh, certainly uh, someone who I wanted to talk to and I know that people would like to hear from. So we'll get that on later in the show. Also, uh, we talked with Matt Waxman, about he was involved in one of those hands that we'll talk about that was affected by the action clock. And we'll start things off with an interview with Matt Savage, uh, the tour director of the WPT and uh, certainly one of the most well-known people uh, or floor persons in the game. He has, uh, of course, uh, for years been a, a fixture out in California in the Los Angeles area, also up in the San Francisco area with big tournaments there. And he now uh, is the, the tour director for the World Poker Tour and uh, always uh, friendly and kind with his time. And I got a chance after the event to get his final thoughts on what transpired over the 10 days. Executive Tour Director of the World Poker Tour, Matt Savage. Despite the added challenges with this one, uh, another flawless uh, tournament. Yeah, it went off a huge success. The staff here at the uh, at Seminole Hard Rock always puts on a good show. Uh, the addition of Tony Burns, I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, he's a local guy. He knows the local players. He was a little, uh, you know, it's the first time for him to be faced with a big challenge of uh, having all the pros come in. So I was happy to see him respond well to that. And I think that this is just a first-class operation here at Seminole Hard Rock. They really do it right here. And I think for, you know, years to come, I think this is going to be probably one of the biggest spots in, in poker. Well, they've had Big Four before. They had uh, the big Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open with the other tournaments involved and all the final tables the same day. But this was something that was stretched out over 10 days. And, uh, you know, a long week with a lot of challenges. Uh, I'll get to the action clock in a second because that's a big part of it. But, uh, you know, one tournament after another, and it's just uh, it's really a challenge for you guys to get pulled this off. It is. It's more uh, so because, you know, you don't know what to expect. And you have those big guarantees, and they put it out there. I mean, these guys 
really gamble here uh, with the guarantees where other spots won't do and take those chances. You know, William Mason and their staff here, and uh, they just... They got a lot of guts. You know, they put up the money and they, they do things right. They really try and create new formats and, and ways to get uh, people to come out here and enjoy South Florida, and it's uh, it's working. It's working for them. I think they really are, have set a, a solid footprint in the industry. Now, obviously, uh, with all the champions over 14 years, you know, there was a lot of players eligible to play, but some of them don't even play poker anymore. Some of them have moved on to do other things. I thought 64 was a, a you know, pretty expected turnout, but uh, a solid turnout. Uh, and with that kind of money uh, to be bought in, it's going to make for a nice prize pool. I believe, you know, once if we got over a million, I was going to be very happy, in which we did when we hit uh, 60. But I think, you know, just the whole fact that uh, it's a first-time event, I think we really need to prove ourselves to say, hey, if you come out to this event, you're really going to be treated to a VIP experience. Uh, I really wanted the Champions Club to mean something, and I think that we've proven that it does uh, with the TOC. And so I'm excited for next year. I think, you know, I'd really really be shocked if we don't get uh, over 80 to 100 next year. Uh, you look at the final two guys going there, the two short stacks coming into the final table, both from Europe that just won their first WPT titles over the last year, uh, going up against guys like the Grinder, who we probably were all formulating our questions for the title for him, and, and maybe uh, Noah Schwartz or a few of the others, Jonathan Jaffe. Uh, but it just goes to show you, really, anything can happen in a poker tournament. Anything can happen, and you know, the guy that won, Farid Yeshu, he's a really nice guy. I was happy to see him win. Uh, you know, he's kind of like a new guy. I mean, he's won a championship, so he's got that to, under his belt. But now for him to come in again and win the Tournament of Champions, it's just got to be a really, you know, a life-changing experience for him. So we're excited for him. He's got all of those prizes and the money. And, uh, you know, I think it shows, again, like you said, anybody can win one of these things. Um, but, you know, he's a champion two times now. One of the interesting things I thought was, like, the Masters, guys qualify at the last minute and get in. Justin Young won the uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown earlier in the week, got into the tournament. But Vlad, who uh, uh, just won in March in Vienna the first time, uh, you know, he made the most of it. Yeah, he's a pro. Um, he was very disappointed, by the way, with the last hand, which uh, I wasn't surprised by. But he... he um, he was excited to be a part of it, uh, also excited to make the final table, you know, in such a great field. Um, so I just think the whole experience for a lot of these guys was um, something they've never seen before. Uh, the Tournament of Champions definitely had uh, a different cachet to it, and that's what we were after. You know, again, like I said previously, I think we really wanted the Champions Club to mean something, and I think that we've proven it this week that it does. Okay, the uh, the 600-pound gorilla in the room is the action clock, which, uh, you know, I had my concerns about it coming in, which proved to be unfounded. It really kind of was a non-factor the whole time. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be a non-factor. You know, I've run action clock tournaments before, or shot clock tournaments before, and it really didn't have... Uh, as many issues as people thought. You know, there were people there that you know were going to make an issue of it uh, from the start, but not many of them. And I think that even the people that take a long time, you know, the Evgeny Tomashenkos and uh, Chris Jordan Christos and you know Martin Redmire, those guys are known for taking a long time, adjusted as they should because they're professionals. And I think they made the best of it. And I think in the end, I don't think it affected their play very much. I do think that it. Uh, you know, provided a different dynamic more than sped the people up. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, there are guys that uh, are never going to be in love with it. Uh, you could see 
maybe even places here at the final table where they would have liked to have had two, three minutes to think about it. But isn't it best for the game, I mean, that it does work like it did? Yeah, and again, we're listening to the players. We really feel like we're the player-friendly tour, the World Poker Tour. So we want to take input, and we know we've heard some different things. Uh, one of the things I heard today, which I thought would be interesting, was maybe like a super button every day where you got one button where it's worth two minutes. Uh, so you, if you had a really critical decision, that might be uh, something we'd look into. Uh, other input was that you know once you got down to zero, you don't duck kill your hand. You actually just go right into the uh, time buttons. So I heard that as well. So we're listening. You know, again, we're going to do whatever it takes to make it work. Um, I, again, think that this was a perfect testing point for it. I think we have 64 ambassadors for it one way or another to improve it or do whatever we can. And I think that's going to be a good thing. Uh, was there any disappointment from anybody in the organization that uh, maybe the grinder would have been better for publicity if he would have won the event? I mean, there's nothing. You don't have any, uh, you know, influence on that at all. But, uh, you know, I, I can see that the grinder family probably just left here before the final two played. And, uh, you know, the, the place emptied out a little bit. But uh, still, it's uh, it's interesting to have new champions and show that anybody can win. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing that, you know, that Fareed won, even though, you know, obviously coming in, you, you'd like to see Noah or even uh, Jared. He or Jared. I mean, um, Jonathan. He's a local as well, and and Noah. And you know, you think that one of those guys might come down with the title. But again, you know, it's nice that we are a global company and we are the World Poker Tour. So anybody in the world can come in as a champion and win this thing. So okay. What, what's this guy going to do with the Corvette? a good question. I've already offered to buy it, so that's just an inside story. But, you know, it's, uh, I'm not sure. You know, hopefully he sends it home. I mean, there's always a story. Whenever you give away a car or a big prize like that, there's always a story uh, to be had. So I think there's going to be something here, too. Congratulations. You've earned yourself another uh, little bit of rest coming up. Thanks. Actually, we're going to do the WPT Summit for all the properties uh, coming into town uh, to see this. And tomorrow we're going to be up in Miami, and I'm going to get roasted. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, wow. Stop by and check it out. Have fun. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dave. Matt Savage, who uh, pretty much uh, rounded up what was a great week, and uh, certainly we enjoyed ourselves over there. Uh, our thanks to the WPT for hosting the event, and uh, including the press is a very big part of it. Uh, certainly enjoyed it over there, and I'm sure Nick feels the same way. Uh, we'll hook up with Nick during our break here, and uh, we'll talk to him about some of the events. We'll get into some details of some of the things that happened, including uh, how the shot clock worked out, the action clock. Uh, so uh, we'll do that. But first, we'll tell you about Gulfstream Park uh, winding up their winter racing season. But uh, racing continues right through the summer with a great uh, schedule of races throughout the year. Uh, and it's a great place to play poker. We know that for sure because uh, we go there often, Joe and I. And we certainly invite you to come over and play, too. It's one of those places where you always feel comfortable because uh, they run a fair game. And uh, it's easy to say that, you know, the fair game, you know, you don't, wouldn't know it if uh, someone cheated you anyway half the time. But uh, certainly uh, uh, you know that the rulings are going to be consistent when you call for them. And, uh, you know, as we even saw over at the Hard Rock, and we'll talk about that later, uh, sometimes even top players can... Uh, be uh, accused of colluding, uh, maybe nothing proven, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit. But as far as uh, having a place where you can feel like you got every chance to win, uh, and that uh, your skill and your luck with the cards are certainly going to be the factor that determines winners, and not someone else trying to take advantage or angle shooting you. So uh, I I highly recommend it. It's a place where uh, the people are friendly. 
the surroundings are nice. Uh, if you like sports, you can see plenty of that on the TV screens. If you like to bet horses, you can do that while you're playing poker as well. So it's really a great place for a lot of action uh, and many different uh, aspects of uh gambling world you can you have the slot machines right next door if you want to go over and take a break from the tables play a few slot games or uh, you want to take a look at some of the uh, as I mentioned the great horse racing around the country and it's always there for you it's a Gulfstream Park the poker room is the destination in the back of the first floor casino when you head into that casino just walk around toward the back you go in between the slot machines and the um, snack bars on the, on the left, and head back to the poker room, and it's right there. Uh, Twenty tables, and uh, again, great staff run by Scott Poole, and uh, certainly highly recommended. Uh, Gulfstream is located in the southern part of Broward County, 901 South Federal Highway, and the phone number for the poker room is 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit. And much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. I joined the National Guard for opportunity. Over 200 career choices and paid training. Money for college. A steady paycheck. Only one thing stood between me and my benefits. Basic training. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't easy. The obstacle course was really challenging. Now, I'm a National Guard soldier. I help my community. I can protect my country. I'm proud to be on this team. Because I got stronger. Because I got to go to college. The Guard helped me succeed. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how you can prepare for basic training. Welcome back to the program. Big Dave Lemon tonight. Uh, Joe is out. He is uh, not feeling well, so uh, we had him stay home and recover. And uh, doing the show here in the studio by myself, but uh, my good friend Nick Sordle joins me on telephone. Uh, he's a guy who spent a lot of time over at the Seminole Hard Rock during the week. Uh, probably Nick and I are the two guys in South Florida who really cover poker. 
and uh, really there's nobody else. So uh, we always help each other out, and uh, Nick steps in tonight to uh, uh, help me get through this one. Thanks a lot, buddy. Oh, glad to do it. I, I definitely owe you some favors. So, uh, <laughs> you, you're the one who can point at every player in the room and say, oh, that's so-and-so. He won over in Canada, and this guy won over in California. And I, I, I can barely, you know, heck, I barely know who my own family is. So, mad props to you. Always glad to do that. Uh, it's uh, not easy for me sometimes to uh, kind of fit the names with the faces, but uh, I work pretty hard at it, so uh, usually I can get a good idea. Uh, two things I'm really impressed with you about. I don't know which one is more uh, more exciting. Uh, one is your uh, your number of final tables you've been getting to lately. Yes, the... Uh, the poker gods have been smiling upon me, and I think I'm up like $1,900 playing 1-2 one, uh, for wow. April. That's awesome. Now, the, 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 the problem is, should I have opened my mouth and said that? Because <laughs> the, second, the second you open your mouth and do that and say you're on a streak, you know you're going to just, you know, it's, it's going to go south. You got a high hand yeah. uh, this month, and uh, uh, you got made the final table at the Jason Taylor Foundation charity event, finishing, I guess, eighth or something like that. I got, I got eighth there, yes, and, and hung in there nice, and, and uh, had a couple good runs down at Magic City where uh, I've learned they want to see all five cards no matter what. And if you're, if you're ahead, they don't believe you're ahead, so you can just pound them. Every now and then they're going to catch up and you're going to lose the money, but for the most part, um, Magic City is now one of my favorite places to make money. There's that Which one, and then there's Hylia's even worse, isn't it? Yeah, well, well yeah, better, I think it's about I the same now. Say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Hylia is definitely from the same cloth. And, and uh, like I said, you're going you're gonna to lose from time to time. And now that I've opened my mouth, you, you know that it's, it's like the Sports Illustrated cover jinx here. It's, it's going to kick in, <laughs> and things aren't going to go. But... I don't play enough money to really get hurt. You know, you, those those high roller guys, you know, they're they're on different planets. They're they're adding not one zero. They're adding sometimes two zeros to the amount. Well, I've definitely seen the improvement over the years. So congratulations on your playing. The other I thing, that, the other thing that impresses me, is uh, your plethora of uh, of uh, my media tuxi- empire. No tuxedos that I see. Oh, I see oh. a white tuxedo. I see a black tuxedo. How many tuxedos do you own? Um, actually, I just own the one. The black okay. one is a rental. So, oh, you oh you saw it on SouthFloridaGambling.com. Yeah, on that black I, one, that white one. Yeah, yeah, that white one's going to show up in South Florida Business and Wealth. I'm, I write articles for them now, um, and one I wrote recently was uh, the business of being a poker player, based on talking to Jason Mercier. <laughs> but anyway, but if the title of the magazine is named South Florida Business and Wealth, I sure as hell can't pose for a photo in a T-shirt. That's true, and maybe you can't claim you know. wealth, but uh, business certainly you can handle. Yeah, I want to kind of give them that Robin Leach kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Caviar dreams and that kind of thing. How's the, uh, the new association with the Miami Herald going for you? Um, it's, it's, it's very good uh, because of the city editor is actually my editor. The people, the people who edit entertainment um, aren't poker players, but Jay Ducasi, my city editor, is. He plays 2-5 all the time in Magic City. And so I, I have somebody who's very passionate and very encouraging. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you have the same deal with Scott 
long in them when you when you write for Ante Up. Right. But having editors who encourage you it means a heck of a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations you on know. that move over there. If we hadn't had you well, on since you that. changed, uh, people can also uh, go to your website. Your blog is SouthFloridaGambling.com. So not only poker, but it covers all of the. Uh, casinos and the different gambling aspects of South Florida and uh, a couple of great articles on there right now I could recommend one is your f- five days and five lessons in poker that oh, uh, is up there it was great and also uh, interesting discussion about the uh, uh, the racer the gambling commission that really has never come to the fore in South Florida or, or Florida the state of Florida yes yeah Maria Sachs uh, who's a, a uh, state senator out of uh, I'm pretty sure Delray Beach and a knockout by the way yeah, is that a great picture of her or awesome. what? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. Uh, I don't think she I'll, looks I'll that look good in that. person, unfortunately. I think it's a good photographer, <laughs> but you know, she's still, still in person. Yeah, in, in person. Yeah, it definitely clears the bar. And and in terms of when you're looking at senators and legislatures, yeah, yeah, well over the bar. Well, great. But, uh, uh, so, <laughs> we digress. Yeah, exactly. Let's get to the but, poker. But uh, she's been she's been saying this this gaming commission though uh, for a long time. And when you think about it, all these rules and all these things that happened. Well, just to go back to the Hialeah thing, had there been a gaming commission, that would have turned out differently. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I guess you that's know. why they call it Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we're kind of behind know. the curve in. Uh, and politicians brains. don't want to leave, give up the power though either. When they said brains, uh, the state of Florida thought, thought they said trains, and they went to the station. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to the hard rock, because uh, it was kind yeah. of a home away from home for both of us uh, over the last 10 days. And, and uh, first of all, it's just exciting to see what a, what a location in this game it's become in a very, very short period of time. Uh, just for a little uh, uh, background, I went back and watched the Seminole Hard Rock showdown from last year. And as it ended, it went to the, um, what preceded the Tournament of Champions was the end of the year uh, WPT Championship, which was at the Borgata. And I just thought to myself, I, they can't be happy that the Seminole Hard Rock has just replaced them as probably, the outside of Vegas, the biggest location in, in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I never thought, I mean, Atlantic City, Atlantic City has, has been such on, uh, on such a cooler, though, all the way around. Um, losing a poker tournament like like this is probably like number ten on their list. Yeah, that's probably problem. Yeah, yeah, but but you're right, Borgata. Um, I don't I don't know if Borgata lost it as much as the Hard Rock won it. Yeah, and I don't really want to want to go negative on it and uh, say that uh, right, you know right. it's their fault. But I'm just so excited that uh, the property here, how well they pulled things off, and it's pretty exciting because you know of course uh, as writers, poker writers, we both. Uh, we're always happy when there's more things to write about. Yes, yeah, exactly. And we have events here, and we have good things going on. And uh, you know, there's there's been a whole plethora of of new events and new things going on like that. And and they keep you know they keep adding and and they keep expanding, offering things. Right. Well, you played in the uh, Jason Taylor event. Let's start with that. Uh, maybe not quite the turnout that they hoped for, but still a very good tournament, 124 entries, which is not bad for a poker yeah. event, and they raised over to 17000 for uh, uh, Jason Taylor Foundation. Uh, you went deep, and also uh, Andy Slater from uh, 6.40 a.m., uh, the talk host, uh, he, I think he finished second, so it was kind of exciting for yeah. uh, local press. 
If if you put Slater and me with a bunch of drunk pros and amateurs who like football and give us great cards, we can go deep. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the formula. (laughs) So, I I mean, the the pros for 300 and it's a rebuy and, and, you know, happy hour from 5 to 7 is a great... It really loosens up that game, I think. Well, that kicked things yeah. off. That was back uh, two weeks ago uh, from uh, tonight. And then uh, yes. a couple of days later, the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown kicked off in uh, a little bit different format this year that uh, Matt Savage uh, was really a proponent of, and that's only having the one opening day. I mean, uh, certainly right. cuts, cuts down the size of the field and the prize pool and that sort of thing, but it was only a, a $2 million guarantee this year instead of the $5 million that they've had in the past. But uh, they combined everything into one day, and uh, they still got 1,222 entrants. So uh, I guess that has yeah. to, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, they, they sure did. And it, it just kind of felt more like a real tournament. You weren't worrying about dagging, bagging uh, your chips from day one, and do you, do you tank and try to get rid of all your chips, and do you reenter and, and all that kind of stuff. Right, so, right. you know, I, I, I think... I think people are tired of playing poker when it's not as serious and it doesn't mean something, which is back to that celebrity event people didn't really want to play because it didn't mean anything to them. So they they want to play a tournament where they, you know, which is back to the rebuy and the reentry thing that we've debated all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it it definitely had had a uh, kind of an electric feel to it the whole week. Definitely. Yeah, between and, uh, that and the 10K, and, yeah, and the high roller. And uh, Justin Young was the winner. Uh, so not only did he uh, win 669000 but he got an entry into the tournament two days later, the Tournament of Champions being the, uh, as I mentioned with uh, Matt Savage, kind of being like the Masters uh, weekday qualifier, you know, and uh, winning a late tournament right before the event, so you get into another one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I, I don't even know how he did in, in the TOC. I, he went I deep. He went deep. He didn't did cash, he, did he but he went to about... Uh, I want to say, like, maybe ninth. Really? Yeah. yeah well, just good. outside the money, I know. Uh, but yeah. a, but uh, definitely a great event for him. And a uh, nice guy. Defeated Garrett Greer head-to-head play. Uh, there was a really interesting uh, Oriental fellow, uh, Young Che, that uh, kind of uh, had a lot of fans there because of an interesting style of play and uh, interesting gestures uh, when he was making a check. And uh, that sort of thing. He finished third. Uh, Matt Haugen was fourth. He was a chip leader much of that last day. But uh, that was a good start to the tournament. Although maybe uh, because there was so much else happening, uh, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't uh, hog the spotlight. Right. The, the main event didn't feel as much as the singular main event that it was, say, the year that Abby Daniels made the final. Correct. Final. Correct, but uh, a nice tournament. Uh, Justin Youngs wins six hundred sixty-nine thousand, and then uh, yeah. two days after the start of that one, we kicked off with the uh, the ten thousand finale, WPT finale, uh, which was won yeah. by Chino Reem. Yes, yes. Who's another guy who has a style of play that is entertaining? Definitely, definitely. And he uh, was yeah. kind of like the chip leader for much of the event. Uh, so he moved on and uh, uh, took advantage down the stretch to get the win there. Uh, I certainly uh, uh, I don't know him that well, and uh, I know he's had his uh, kind of a checkered past. Uh, he doesn't live here in South Florida anymore. I know he's from here originally. Right. But uh, kind of an interesting final table there. Uh, there was a local guy, Ricky Legere, who finished third. Uh, Adrian Mateos, 
who won uh, the Wor- uh, World Series of Poker Europe one year, and he won an ETPT event. So he was looking for a win here to call what they unofficially uh, say is the Triple Crown. But uh, he ends up finishing fourth. But uh, another good event there, and uh, a lot of big names played in this one. Yes, yes, they, they sure did. And, um, again, I mean, overall, if you look at the Hard Rock, I, I know we're, we're just singing their praises like crazy. But look at the numbers. I think that one was a $2 million guarantee, and they, they drew $3.5 million prize pool. And yeah, like the one before. The one before was the, the, the uh, you know, which we used to call the main event. Was it two million, and that drew three, three and a half? Yeah, so. closer to four. I think it was like three point nine yeah. or something like that. Yeah, pretty so, amazing. So you know, the interest is there, and, and clearly, it's it's a tournament that uh, the players like, and players of many different levels, not just people flying in. You got to have both locals, and you got to have people flying in. Well, and in the interview I played with with Matt Savage, he said that these guys really take a gamble on some of these. Uh, Guarantees. They weren't afraid to go two million short on that ten million yeah. a couple of years ago, uh, and they 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 do uh, stick their necks out quite a bit. And that's the thing that's so amazing about this whole week was that the the guarantees were just shattered like every tournament. Yeah, they crushed they crushed everything. So so uh, their their name is is good, you know, and and that's what that's huge. Yeah, and and, and we'll only yeah. c- continue to get better with people people not only rave about. Uh, you know, the way the tournaments are run, our friend Tony Burns now, the tournament director over there at the Hard Rock, uh, Bill Mason, is starting to receive some national acclaim, uh, you know, for the great job that he's done and all the staff that they bring in for these special tournaments that does a great job. Uh, no question about yeah. that. But besides that, the you know, the hotel is beautiful. The people love the pool there. Uh, Kuro is, uh, you know, drawing oh, yeah. raves as a restaurant there, the sushi place. And uh, there's so much great stuff going on, and then the clubs on the weekend. So people are really having a great time. I think it's become a must-go-to destination. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. And, and outside of Vegas, and, and when you think about it, uh, you know, Vegas owns the WSOP, but, you know, who's the spot for the WPT? And, yeah, the Hard Rock is one of the flagship spots now. Right. Uh, the $25,000 high roller. I uh, saw uh, Jason Mercier uh, miss the bubble. He was the bubble boy, uh, finished in 14th place at like 5.30 in the morning. Then they came back two days later to play the final 13. Uh, the winner of that one was David Malka. He defeated uh, head-to-head Sylvain Loosley, who uh, is a French guy that uh, played in the uh, November 9 a couple of years ago. I think it was 2013. Also, uh, budding star Nick Petrangelo finished fourth. Evgeny Timoshenko was sixth. Uh, a couple other local guys, South Florida guys, Jake Schindler and John Dolan finished in the money as well. And Fader Holtz, the uh, up-and-coming young star uh, of last summer's uh, WSOP, was uh, 13th. I didn't see much of that final table. I don't know. Did you get to that one at all? I, I didn't. I do know Mercy fired uh, three bullets. Okay. Which means he was in for 75, and had he bubbled, he would have at least gotten it to 58. He'd have gotten 58 of it back. Three bullets um, at, at 25,000 a pop, and and he he joked with someone on Twitter. He said uh, he fired five. Yeah, but yeah. I think they they asked him at the table. They go, "How many bullets have you fired?" And he held up four or five fingers. Yeah, he, he, and and uh, <laughs> but you know he he was just yeah just talking. But you know, doggone it, the tournament of champions, like you say, comes up after that, and Mercier does not play in that because he hasn't won a WPT. Of everything he's yeah. won, you know, he's won, you know, 14, 15, 16 million, 
one in San Remo, one here and there, and has got what two or three WSOP bracelets. Yeah, and and uh, no um, tournament of champions. Well, I think uh, that's what they were looking for, really, is to uh, make that Champions Cup worth something, to get your name on it. Uh, that's what Matt said. And I think he's yeah. done that. I mean, watching that uh, uh, showdown from last year when uh, Griffin Paul won and defeated uh, Joe Ebanks. Ebanks played tremendous that whole tournament, and one hand turned it around at the final table, and he ended up finishing yeah. second. So he's a guy that doesn't get in, which is kind of surprising. But you think of all the good players that that didn't play that last event, and uh, it's certainly something that they're shooting for now, and they'll be here every year at different events to try to get involved. Right, yeah, yeah, because it, it was. And plus there there was a bit of an overlay because there was Corvette and, and everything else on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, were, we were talking about it. Fareed Yashu uh, lives in uh, the Netherlands, and uh, yeah. they, we were wondering what he, what he was going to do uh, if uh, – the WPT was going to pay for it to ship the car over for him, or if he was going to have to sell it before he went back. But that was a beautiful car out sitting out front there. Yeah, yeah. Well, in you know, in, in slots, of course, the, the you win the car and you get the cash equivalent if you want it, which is about two thirds of right, the money. Right. I don't, so I don't know if they were going to do that or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Presuming that's a forty-five k car, he would have taken thirty. You can wear the Hublot watch on the plane, and you can wear the uh, Monster uh, twenty-four uh, karat gold headphones on the on the thing, but you can't get your Corvette on that plane. That car. Yes, and, indeed. Anyway, and, and Ms. Rockies, Ms. Rockies were bitterly. I mean, I mean, they were almost floored. Yeah, I wanted to get to that because I, I, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. I, I wasn't there for that hand or even the turn of events, but I was watching the live feed uh, throughout the afternoon, and he was playing masterfully, and, uh, you know, yeah. I thought he was just going to walk to a title, and then all of a sudden things turned around. Can you tell us a little about uh, how he lost his grip on that title? He had a hand where he had the lead, and he knew he had the lead, and he didn't hammer I don't remember the exact specific of the hands, but, um, you know, he's won and lost so many. He's so easy going. He's going... Look, I misplayed the hand. It happens. I'll, I'll get him next time. Um, is what he said. But you know, I, I, I talked to Mama Grinder a lot, mm-hmm. and she walked by that car as we walked out, and she goes, "There goes my car." <laughs> she was hoping, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, yeah, they thought they thought that he was on his way too, you know, to to take it down. And but it just shows you. you one misplay here and there, and and uh, it's it's so hard to win chips and so easy to lose chips. Yeah, it really is. Well, that final table yeah. was so interesting because uh, you got a couple well-known pros in uh, Darren Elias and Jonathan Jaffe. You got the two uh-huh. South Florida guys, the Grinder and Noah Schwartz, and then kind of an yeah. afterthought, you got the guy from uh, the the Moroccan guy yeah. from the Netherlands, and yeah. the other guy is uh, from Romania, Vlad Darie. And they were the short stacks by a good margin, and, and really no one even yeah. gave them a chance. And all of a sudden, here they are playing head-to-head for the championship. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was funny how the room cleared out when it got down to those two. Yeah, it was, but, there was plenty of room for me yeah. to sit when I got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but the other thing that was interesting was because of the shot clock, I don't know if it ended earlier than planned or if it's because of the stacks or if it was just some kind of anomaly but um, I think seven o'clock, the whole thing was done. 
I, I got to think that the shot clock had a lot to do with that. Uh, it kind of really seemed like a non-factor, as I mentioned afterwards, but it really wasn't a non-factor. And we talked with uh, Matt Waxman, and he contradicted yep. me when I said that. He said, uh, you know, really it's, it is a big deal, and we just have to adapt, and we're able to do that, but it really does affect a lot of the decisions we have to make. Yes, yes. Um, they had all kinds of, on Twitter, of course, they had all kinds of suggested tweaks for, um, for next year, including uh, the one that I thought was the best was uh, um, make it one minute on the river. Yeah, I agree. Because you've you got to reconstruct you know, you, you got to figure out what story they're telling and just counting out chips. And and I didn't know. Did you see Matt Salzberg's uh, non-call? I did. I did. So so what happened? Well, the first one uh, he was kind of it happened to him twice in in like four hands. And the first yeah. one he kind of just looked around and went, oh, uh, I didn't realize that. And and he didn't really say anything. But the hand that we spoke with Waxman about, where he actually uh, yeah. would have won the hand with a flush. Uh, the clock was ticking down, the 10 second went off, and he was thinking and thinking. And he threw the chips in. I think it would have been very easy to call it a tie because the, the beeper went out and he was starting to make a motion. But Tony Burns was right there, and he said, no. He said, we have to enforce the rules for everybody. And uh, the, it went off. You were late with getting the chips in. And, uh, you know, your hand is dead. What if he had verbally just said, I call? You have to get Probably would have been okay. Or, Probably would have been okay. Or you have to just verbally, yeah. I I would yeah. think that would be good enough. So uh, you know, I and as uh, as Waxman said, you know, it's kind of unacceptable to, for him to happen to him twice in in such a short period of time. Like you know, well, it's kind yeah. of like when you when you get a ticket for speeding, uh, if you go out three days later and you're driving seventy and a thirty five, I mean, you know, you deserve what you get. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Matt is. is Wonderfully straight up and and tells it pretty very straight. I think. Yeah. You know. But yeah, he was very upset. I don't know if you you, you, were, you were you next to me when uh, at the coffee station when he came by and I said, "Are you still upset?" Yes. And he yeah, goes, yeah, he goes "Yes, I am." He goes, uh, "They should have given me the call." See, see, I the the fault that I would make in that whole thing is they I would sit there and wait for them to go. Okay, your time is up. What's your decision? And then I would say, "I call or fold." Right. And, and in which case, if I would be on second 35 or second 40 based on the way they count it, and so my hand would be dead. Well, and I, I didn't know if that was the case. It sounds like it wasn't the first time. Well, the only thing, that about, that, like the only thing about that is I think, you know, when you have something that's new, you have to really make it cut and dried. And, uh, you know, I can understand yeah. them being forceful with enforcing the rule. But uh, your point about uh, getting a minute on the river would be better. I think getting a minute. And, in fact, I, I was l- watching some uh, Aussie Millions, and they had a time clock this year. And they used, oh. they used two time chips that were both worth a minute. And so it was the same amount of time, okay. but instead of uh, breaking it up into four 30 seconds, they had the two minute. And I thought, uh, I thought that was better, really, because... When you have a put in a 30-second time chip and you're thinking about what you want to do with a hand, you're worried about the time yeah. running out, so you're really yeah. throwing in a second chip. You're getting an extra 30 seconds, but your thought process has been cut off, and, and I don't think it's really enough time to make a, a, a true decision. You're still using that, that gut part of your brain yeah. and, and not thinking deeper and... and uh putting together the story to see if they told the story the right way. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, having said all that, I'm fairly happy that it seemed to work very well, and it's something that we're going to see a lot more of in the future. Uh, certainly it cuts down on, uh, 
you know, the Hollywooding and that sort of thing that, that, that people have been encouraged to do by all the poker on TV and watching the stars, uh, uh, you know, using yeah. uh, the time in a, in, a, in, a, in a great manner. A lot of people just do it just to try yeah. to be like their TV heroes. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, there, there's a bit of gamesmanship to it, too. So, Noah Schwartz, I, I chatted with him at, at the final table. He said he likes it, too. Because he makes his decisions fast. What, what would you say the percentage of the players that absolutely liked it, uh, as opposed to those who were hated it? Oh, I, I would say it was eighty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I would. Say that, that's about what I would suggest it to. Uh, yeah. So it's good, you know. I think uh, you know there will be some tweaks and there'll be some uh, adaptations by the players. But as uh, Matt Savage mentioned to me, you know, there's certain guys that just will never love it. Uh, the Jordan Christos. Uh, Marvin yeah. Rettenmeyer and uh, some of the some of the big name players that just like to take a lot of time and uh, you know what can you yeah. say certainly I think is an improvement for the game and a good step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a great week. Uh, they certainly acquitted themselves well, and uh, we can look forward to uh, uh, the fall with the return of the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open and uh, all the great things that will go on with that. They announced the, the schedule for the Big Four, and and we'll see that again. So. Uh, certainly a lot of stuff going on here uh, throughout the year in South Florida for us. Yes, yes, there, there, there certainly is. And uh, um, Isle has back-to-back series this month in May. Okay. Uh, they're having, a, I think it's about 150000 uh One is one week and one's the next week. They just come out with their stuff. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I was at the Isle this morning. Okay, and yeah. I know they have their uh, their summer uh, Florida Florida State Poker Championship is going to be in July. Yeah. Yes, which I always I give Mike Smith credit for coming up with that name because it 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 isn't the Florida State thing, but at least he grabbed the name first. Yeah, and, exactly. and You know, so you know people people may believe it. You know, it's you know the state of Florida. No, it's it's just your casino, Mike, but. You know, good credit for him for thinking big. Well, you know, he so always I, did I think big, I and, and I have to be honest and yeah. say that since he's left, uh, you know, they've they've fallen down a couple notches on the totem pole, which uh, is a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah, for big tournaments. Although maybe it's the goal isn't to have big tournaments for them, but just to run a good poker room and make money. Yeah, they're making lots of money. I'm sure oh, they, they don't they don't need my advice. I'm sure I'm sure of that. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the drink service has gotten better and everything. They walk around now, and um, and uh, it, parts of it, you know, parts of it are still good. I, I enjoy. It. The only thing I don't like playing there is there's not enough suckers. <laughs> yeah, the play is good there. Play. Yeah, yeah. There's too many good players. It, it's it's not it's not a lot of soft action there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, so. I'll let you go. I know you got stuff to do tonight. I okay. uh, appreciate you stepping in, but uh, so thanks for your coverage and, and thanks for your assistance over there as well or throughout the week. Anytime, anytime, and uh, and let's, let's get together soon. Okay, let's, great. Let's go play a tournament. All Absolutely. right, take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Nick Sortle, everybody, uh, for the Miami Herald. Uh, you can pick up his stuff at southfloridagambling.com or at herald.com. Uh, I know that the article about the tournament is up on Herald.com and will be up there shortly uh, later in the week on South Florida Gambling. But uh, all great stuff about uh, the action here in South Florida. And uh, he's the premier guy here in this town for sure, uh, covering things in, in, in what has become a very active place uh, to be. Uh, let's take a break here on the show. We'll finish things up when we come back. 
And uh, if we get a chance, we'll get that Kate Hall interview in and uh, possibly Matt Waxman as well. So we'll see what we can do in a lot of time. And uh, if not, we'll carry some of that stuff next week. But uh, let's tell you about Gulfstream Park, uh, located in the southern part of Broward County, just north of the Dade County line. Uh, But uh, it's over on Federal Highway in a really nice part of town, just north of Aventura. You can see all the condos out uh, looming over the racetrack. It's just a beautiful place to be. And uh, as the weather has just uh, been fantastic this this, uh, winter and spring, it's just uh, a place that I highly recommend you spend a weekend at. Uh, Certainly a lot of things to do. You can spend the whole day there. You can go shopping. You can have dinner, lunch and dinner there. Or you can uh, do some gambling. You can play some poker. You can go to the slot machines and uh, have a lot of fun. It's uh, located on Federal Highway. 901 South Federal Highway is the address. You can't miss it because of the big Pegasus (laughs) out in the parking lot. Absolutely. And uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, uh, kind of a a statue for the owner to... uh, uh, aggrandize himself in a way, but uh, certainly I, I, I have no problem with that, and uh, it's going to be one of the landmarks of South Florida for years to come. But the Poker Room has uh, nightly tournaments at 7 p.m. You can check them out uh, by calling the Poker Room at 954-457-6336. It's 954-457-6336. He'll give you a little down on what games are being played, what the tournaments are, uh, how many chips uh, when you enter and what the buy-ins are. All the information is there uh, uh, if you give them a call at the Poker Room. And they'll help you out because they, uh, they're they that kind of people. They just really uh, treat their customers right, and it's a place that I can't recommend more. They're just so so good over there, and uh, it's a fun place to be. Certainly a lot of great places everywhere to play poker, but uh, it's at the top of my list, that's for sure. Give them a call or just head over and talk to Scott Poole or Michael May, who's the nighttime manager, and check it out. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. 
I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. It's, it's truly unbelievable. Like, you you always, like, are looking for, like, the next pay jump, the next pay grade, like, get the next spot and put yourself in position to win. But, like, you never expect it because you don't want to, like, get uh, too cocky or anything like that. So, like, to put yourself in position and actually come through, I, I, I can't even describe it. It's, it's out of this world. That's Justin Young, the winner of the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, the regular uh, WPT event, $3,500 buy-in. And he takes home uh, 669000 plus uh, got to play in the Tournament of Champions a couple days later. So a uh, big win for Justin Young there. Uh, I, there was an interesting hand he was involved in. He was on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people uh, targeted him for some nasty comments. He knocked out a pretty popular player named Philip Wee, who uh, is uh, the boyfriend of Lonnie Harwood. So I follow both of them on Twitter, and... Uh, uh, Justin Young uh, knocked him out on a hand where Young had King 4 offsuit. And uh, I think uh, we had either pocket queens or pocket jacks or something. And uh, the king on the river knocked him out. And uh, he was just absolutely sick because uh, it was really like the biggest event of his life. And he was tweeting throughout the tournament and, and feeling pretty good about his chances. And just boom, just like that, uh, a card hits him. So a lot of people found fault with uh, Young's play there and accused him of a lot of different things. But uh, uh, it was funny because uh, I went and saw him at the final table. They were down to three players. And he had a hand where he went in with King 4 again. And again, uh, uh, the card on the river gave him the victory in that hand. And uh, so everybody was kind of laughing about it. And I had even said to someone during the hand, I said, there's no way he can lose this hand. And he didn't. So uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, So I asked him a quick question during our little uh, mini press conference uh, about that. Any thought of replacing that queen with a four? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I was perfectly happy with the king-queen over any kind of king-four. Exactly. Um, I can't believe I got so much grief over the King forehand, but uh, it got me here, so it can't be that bad of a hand. Exactly. Kind of unfair, actually, that people made a big deal about it. You know, honestly, I always take it with a grain of salt. Like, I was more hurt that they would say I wouldn't play with enough heart that I would give up on hands. I always play with all the heart in the world, and uh, I, I hope it showed today. Yeah, that's uh, certainly something that uh, everybody got a good laugh out of because, uh, you know, I, I mean... There's players that can play any two cards. There's no question about that. And depending on your chip stack or where you, how you feel in the tournament uh, and what kind of a grip you have on how, how other people are playing, certainly, uh, you know, I wouldn't find fault with anybody playing anything. Uh, so uh, I've seen it just about all. You can Grinder is a perfect example of that. But uh, I wanted to play a quick interview we did during one of the breaks. So we mentioned the hand with Matt Salzberg uh, and Matt Waxman. 
where the shot clock came into play. And so I, I grabbed him during the break and, and had his question, had his questions uh, about that. And uh, he gave us his honest opinions about uh, what had happened. Action clock here at the Tournament of Champions. Uh, kind of a non-factor so far, but you were involved in one of the first hands where there was a little bit of controversy against Matt Salzburg. Can you tell us about the hand? Yes, I was value betting a set of jacks on the river, and there was three spades, and Matt ran out of time for the second time, uh, which is just unacceptable because you're playing for a lot of money and you already got warned once. Uh, and I was value betting, and then he apparently was thinking about raising and not just calling, and he had a flush. So um, he had a jack-high flush, which made sense because I had a set of jacks, and I didn't have a, I didn't have a spade. Um, and then he, his hand got killed. And I, and I wanted them to say that his, that his hand's alive because I wanted him to call. Um, but then he said he was thinking about raising, and he had me beat. And I was like, oh, well, I got lucky. But I like said, like, Matt, listen, I want you to call. But... I mean, it's not like you were death of your hands dead, like you took too long. It's really not a problem to pay attention to the clock and get your hand in it in is. time. It is a problem, actually. It um, is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, the, there's a lot of noise going on in the room, and you can't hear all the beeps, and now they're telling dealers to announce uh, 10 seconds, which I think is very smart, but that sometimes you got a quiet dealer. It says, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, you want to you have somebody that's saying, all right, 10 seconds. Like, you want to, you need to let them know that there's 10 seconds left. Like, I mean, playing for a lot of money, and you're a professional dealer, so you should be able to do that. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely causing some issues. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's the player's responsibility. Like you're playing for a lot of money. This is something new. You're an experienced poker player. You can, you should be able to look at a clock while you're thinking about a decision. Um, you're a guy that kind of takes a lot of time, though, so it does affect you uh, in your game a little bit, doesn't it? Well, I've been, uh, I've been constructing a, a league concept for professional poker for like the last ten years, and it has a much shorter shot clock so I I'm very comfortable playing fast um, I just take time when I can you know uh, I actually think that this is a great thing for poker at the at this level uh, when you're playing like stakes this high I think that the clock is necessary because a lot of people are taking too long and it's actually like it's just rude like it's it's not fair that you're able to take up so much more time than other people um, so yeah, I like having this for like big buy-ins at like poker's highest level. But at, for a recreational tournament, you can't have a clock. It's just too many problems. This is the first level of the first day. We're going to see some serious hands where guys are going to use their little time chips and, and extend it. It still might be a problem. It's we're going to we're going to have some problems here. I Absolutely, would say. especially especially when it gets deep in a tournament. When this tournament gets deep, you have 30 seconds for these decisions. Deep in a tournament, when you're in the final table, every decision takes a minute and a half every street. Um, so like. The first, it's, it's all mechanics, like, early in the tournament, so people are, like, kind of just, like, not even thinking and just, like, making their decisions. But, um, but yeah, like, when this gets deep, it's going to, this is going to affect a lot of equity, especially if you're a slow player, so you're going to have to be ready. And it's your responsibility to, to watch the clock. You off to a good start here? I got 69,000 from 50, so I'm, I'm feeling good. I, I luckily, uh... Won a, a small pot against Salzburg for like five thousand um, when he had to fold the flush. But better to learn that mistake early than late, you know. Okay. Good luck. Thanks. So that's Matt Waxman. Uh, there's no question that uh, you know, even if you think it's a good thing, even if you feel like you're adapting, that it's going to take uh, some time to get used to it. And uh, for those of you out there that that uh, obviously weren't at the event, you're uh, you followed it maybe online, but didn't really see any pictures of the shot clock. Uh, it was put out by a company called Protection Poker. 
uh, with in each table in that rack where normally you have the chips they're in a cash game where the the poker dealer has the extra chips to cash things in and and uh, make change and that sort of thing uh, there was like a iPad with in big red numbers six inches high. Uh, a, sh- a clock that went from 30 seconds and counted down, and there a couple of buttons on there that dealers would hit. Uh, after each, and every hand, they'd click it and start the 30 countdown. A lot of times people folded immediately in two seconds, uh, you know, looked at their cards for a second, made a quick thought, and uh, really wasn't, that's why I say it wasn't a factor, because there's probably 95% of the time, it wasn't even close to uh, running out. So uh, very easy to see. Everybody at the table really had no excuses. Uh, Salzburg was trying to explain his way around by saying that, uh, you know, he was next to the dealer. So uh, it was a little harder for him to see the uh, iPad at an angle and see the numbers. And uh, he said that because of the ambient sound in the room, he wasn't able to hear the 10-second beep that went off uh, at each one. But, you know, when, when it comes right down to it, as Waxman said, you know, it's really, you know, the, the onus is on you to, to follow it and do it. And he had just been called on it a few hands earlier. So, uh, again, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of sympathy there. But uh, certainly it's something that people will get used to. Uh, I, I laughed with the, with the poker people uh, that put out the shot clock and everything and said, uh, you know, you hear the 30-second buzzer go off and... You think, well, that's not a big deal, unless it's followed by the call from the dealer, floor! So a buzzer followed by floor means there's going to be some kind of controversy in it, because it's kind of like uh, more attractive to uh, the poker writers to run over to a table when they heard that call. So uh, something we'll get used to, and uh, will be a regular part of the game, I'm sure, in the next few years. Anyway, it was a great week, a lot of great poker Certainly a lot of exciting things. I met a lot of people. I uh, lined up some guests for the next few weeks. Donnie Peters, a uh, writer for Poker News, is going to join us, one of the great poker writers. Uh, he was he will join us by phone in the next couple of weeks. i got a few other players. I did talk with Kate Hall and also Kevin Mathers, and we'll get some of those uh, cuts on the air for you next week. And uh, certainly uh, there was a lot of people I wanted to talk to. Uh, several uh, World Series of Poker main event champions were there. Joe Hashem played in the big events. Uh, in the showdown, we saw Jamie Gold and Jerry Yang. Uh, Ryan Reese was there. Joe McKeon played in a lot of the big events. And uh, certainly, uh, it was just enjoyable to see all the big names of poker uh, here. Uh, Jennifer Tilly played. Uh, and, of course, her uh, boyfriend, Phil Locke. And uh, Negreanu wasn't there, or Helmuth, uh, so our Ivy. So the biggest names, you know, maybe weren't there, had other things to do. But uh, uh, it's a big part of the regular people that, that play on the tour on a regular basis. So certainly enjoyed it and uh, look forward to next year. Actually, look forward to the next six months when the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open comes back. And we'll have fun covering that as well. So that's going to do it for the show. Uh, best wishes for Joe to feel better and get back next week. And uh, we'll work on some guests for you as we do uh, often on this show. And we'll get to those over the next few weeks as well. Uh, I'm Big Dave Lemon. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Gio, thank you so much for all your work again as usual. And we'll be back with another show next week here on Poker Action Line.
The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.